Good morning, and welcome to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. Today is Saturday, October 29th, 2022, and we are broadcasting live from the northwest side of the city of Chicago. Welcome to the program. My name is David Canfield. I'll be your host for this hour. You can visit us online at our website, thechristianfaith.org. And if you have comments or questions about the program or about the Christian life in general, you can send us an email at notes at thechristianfaith.org. And if you'd like to uh, listen to previous episodes of this program, you can do that by clicking on the media tab, and under there you'll find the podcast link. So this morning, uh, we want to take the time to consider this matter of how we as believers need to come to the Word and be in the Word on a regular basis. It's so crucial. Uh, Of course, last week we were talking about what it means to really be a follower of Christ, and we kind of touched on this topic because we were stressing that to really follow Christ, we need to be those who hear his word. And, of course, we do that as we come to the Scripture. And we just felt that we we kind of touched something with that, and so we wanted to, to devote the whole program this morning to this topic. As the believers in Christ, you just can't stress too much how important it is for us to be in the word, in a regular way. Um, Jesus, uh, in John chapter 6, Jesus says, uh, He who eats me shall live because of me. That's John chapter 6, verse 57. And of course, if you you talk to Catholics, they would say that's talking about the Mass. But uh, later on in that chapter, in uh, verse 63, Jesus says, The flesh profits nothing. It is the Spirit that gives life. The words that I have spoken to you are Spirit and are life. So in that chapter, when he's talking about us really partaking of him as our food, as partaking of him as our living bread, he's talking about us finding him in his words. It's the words that are Spirit and are life. And of course, we find these words in the Scripture. Uh, Later on in in, uh, John 17, Verse 17, and this is a verse I always stress in this regard. Jesus is praying for his disciples the night before, the night he was betrayed. He prayed. And he said, Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That's John 17, verse 17. So to be sanctified, we have to be those who are in the truth, in the word of God. There's just no other way. <clears throat> and that that requires us to take the time in to really exercise ourselves to be in the Word if we want to be those who are in the Word on a consistent basis. When, uh, you know, the world, of course, is not happy about that. It's always going to be a struggle. It always uh, takes time uh, to be in the Word. And the, the world tries to occupy us in any way it can. And, of course, in particular, it tries to occupy our mind. You know, up until about 1900 or so, uh, for the most part, uh, when the world wanted to occupy us, it had to do that through the written, written word, uh, through books or through uh, newspapers, that type of thing. But around about, around that time, you had the beginning of the movie industry, the silent movies at first, later on the talkies. Later on in the 1920s or so, you had uh, the radio come along. Not long after that, you had TV in the 1950s. And that's basically what I grew up with, were those things. And, of course, you need, you need some of these things. It's not that you, you can completely stay away from these things. We have to know what's going on in the world, and we need an education. 
But we have to be careful about what it is that's occupying our mind as believers. Uh, and like I say, those are the things that I basically grew up with, uh, you know, in the, in the 60s and 70s. But eventually in, uh, in the 1990s, you had the Internet come along, and then it just exploded in the, in the 2000s, 2007, I think it was. Uh, Apple introduced the, the iPhone, and now it's just like you just can't possibly escape uh, the world's efforts to bombard us. And, Sometimes it's just to occupy our mind, and sometimes, of course, it's quite evil things, quite evil messages. It's just just coming at us all the time. So as the believers in Christ, to be sanctified, our weapon is the Word of God. And we just can't, again, we can't stress too much the importance of having this habit of being in the Word, especially in an age like this where we're just constantly bombarded with all these messages, how important it is to to have that habit of coming to the Word day by day as our food. I mean, we wouldn't, nobody has to tell us to eat our physical food, right? We know that if we're going to survive as human beings physically, we need our physical food. Well, spiritually speaking, it's exactly the same. We have to have this kind of uh, habit and develop this habit of being in the Word day by, day by day. Otherwise, there's just no way we can really experience the kind of sanctifying we need to go go on in our salvation. 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 2 says that as newborn babes, we need to long for the guileless milk of the word so that we can grow up in our salvation. And so you just have to have this kind of food. And uh, unfortunately, I think today so many believers just neglect uh, this kind of exercise and are not in the word in a healthy way. You know, in Luke chapter 13, verse 24, um, someone asks the Lord, is, uh, are there many who are being saved? And the Lord uh, answers, he says, struggle to enter into the narrow gate, for many will seek to enter in and will not be able to. And when you, you see what the Lord's saying there in that verse, and again, the reference is Luke uh, chapter 13, verse 24, he's saying it's not just enough to seek him. And he's not talking about the general salvation. He's talking here about really living a life under the authority of the heavenly kingdom. He's saying in that sense, it's not enough just to seek him. In that sense, we need to struggle to enter in. And I would say one aspect of that struggle is struggling and fighting for the time in our daily life to be in the Word. And as I said last week, I think one very good and healthy habit to develop in that regard is to read through the Bible every year, <clears throat> to have that habit of reading through the Bible every year. And I, that's something I try to do. Uh, I'm doing, I'm, I'm on my way this year. I think I can still finish up. Uh, right now I'm in the Psalms, but I've already read through the New Testament. And uh, so I think I'll be able to finish up by the end of the year. Um, uh, but that, that's one way. But I think it's very crucial, especially if we, we really mean business about following the Lord. <clears throat> I just was, uh, this past week, I just saw um, uh, online a uh, comment someone made about Martin Luther. Let me, re let me read this brief comment. Luther spent his life defending, reading, and uh, studying, and living, living and loving the Bible. He read through the whole Bible two or three times every year, while also studying particular passages or books in depth. He especially loved the Psalms. He maintained a daily reading schedule that covered the entire Psalms in three weeks. Luther taught and lived Sola Scriptura. You know, a lot of Christians today who talk about Sola Scriptura, you have to wonder how much time do they spend actually reading the Bible? 
you know, to read spiritual books can be good. It can it, it can be very helpful. But we need to be those who are in the Bible itself as well. That should be a, our habit. And like that uh, quote about Martin Luther said, he read through the Bible two or three times every year. I really appreciate that. Again, uh, that just told me I have to up my game. Uh, once a year is is good. It is good. Uh, but if you mean business, maybe you could consider reading the Bible more than that. That's very, very good. Um, you know, if you get an audio Bible, it takes about 75 hours to listen to that. And for your yearly Bible reading, it's not the type of thing when you're doing that type of reading. It's not the type of reading you want to do slowly. You do want to go kind of quickly because what you're trying to do is to familiarize yourself with the text. So you might be able to read through the whole Bible in about 50 hours, if you consider it that way. And so uh, it, if you can spend even 15 minutes or half an hour a day reading the Bible, and that may be a lot for some people, but say 15 minutes, that should get you through the whole Bible in in a year or so. I mentioned last week uh, the three-in-one method is, is probably the simplest method for getting through the Bible, which is to read three chapters in the Old Testament and one chapter in the New Testament every day. Very, very good. Very, very healthy practice. Uh, but then there's a number of different ways to do that. And as I said, I think it's also a very good practice. This is, was what Watchman Nee recommended, is to, when you finish reading through the entire Bible, write down the date in your Bible. And that way you have a record and you become accountable to yourself for how many times you've read through the Bible. That, that can be very helpful. So that's one very important way of, of coming to the Bible and of really familiarizing yourself with the text of the Bible. But uh, there are other ways, too. Um, I, I mentioned this to my, to my siblings, and one of my brothers said that uh, he's, uh, he likes to be in uh, Spurgeon's devotional uh, uh, morning and evening, day by day. That's what he likes to get into. And again, that, that kind of thing can be very good. I think it's still good to supplement that with, with actual reading of the Bible itself, but that kind of devotional can be the kind of thing that really gives the Lord a chance to speak to you. Um, uh, my sister said that uh, one practice is to read uh, through the Proverbs. And this can be a very good way to introduce yourself to the Bible. If you're not familiar with the Bible at all, that can be a good way to start because there's just a lot of very practical, very human wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And, uh, of course, the Psalms are just, just uh, so uh, such a touching uh, portion of the Bible. If you like to read read through the Psalms, it's also very good. If you just want to develop that habit of opening the Bible every day, and that's what, uh, on the program last week, that's what Mark suggested. He said uh, he made a vow at one point he was just going to read one verse a day. I think that's a very, very good practice because his point was if you uh, do that, then what you're going to do, you're at least going to have the habit of opening the Bible every day, which is not a small thing. And as he said in his experience, when he made that vow, he almost always read more than that and sometimes a chapter or more because he, at least he had the habit of opening the Bible every day. So that's a very, very good vow to have to the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. So um, that's, just, that's just kind of an, an introductory word, again, just to stress how crucial it is for us to be in the Scripture. I did want to <clears throat> talk about one uh, portion in the Scripture uh, that touches me in this regard. And we have an article on the website um, that is uh, uh, about uh, an experience in the book of Judges, if I can just uh, find this. Um, 
it's based on a, a quote uh, from C.A. Coates. Now, he was a brethren teacher in, uh, uh, well, he, I think he died in 1952. Very, very dear brother. Let me read uh, just a, a brief quote from him that I really like, and, and then I'll talk about it. A great deal of spiritual vitality is sapped by the kind of reading that Christians indulge in habitually. The springs of water come in when Kiriath Sephar is taken and its name changed. And so you have to develop that thought a little bit. What is he talking about? That Kiriath Sephar is taken and its name changed. Well, he's talking about the story in the book of Judges, in chapter 15 of Judges. Uh, sorry, in the book of Joshua, chapter 15. It's also at the beginning of uh, Judges in chapter 1. But in Joshua 15, uh, Caleb takes Kiriath Sephar. And then later on, his daughter comes to him and asks him uh, for the springs of water. Well, the name Kiriath Sefer means city of the book. And Coach's point here is that in a very real sense, our mind is a city of the book. And what we're taking in is going to shape our mind. And so he says, a great deal of spiritual vitality is sapped by the kind of reading that we engage in. So if we're filling our mind with all the worldly things today, and our mind is occupied with these things, we're going to lose all our spiritual vitality. So he's saying the city of the book, according to this picture in the book of Judges, that has to be taken so that we're taking in the healthy spiritual food. And that's going to shape our mind in a healthy way when we begin to take in the spiritual food in a, uh, that does feed us. The, the Bible, the truth begins to sanctify us. At that point, then we'll have the springs of living water flowing out at that point. And you know, after that, it was after that that Caleb's daughter came to him and said, give us the springs of water. And that's Caleb's point there. Now, we have an article uh, developing this thought. It's on the website, thechristianfaith.org. If you click on the articles tab, uh, you'll, you'll see the uh, uh, article there under the uh, writings. Writings, articles, and then the, uh, that article, the city of the book, is uh, under that tab. And I encourage you to take a look at that because it develops this thought, which is really important. If we're, our mind is going to be shaped by what we're taking in, that's the basic thought of that article and the basic thought of Mr. Coach's statement. So important. That's why it's so crucial for us to be in the Word day by day. Praise the Lord. So, again, that, that's kind of an introductory word. And now we're going to do something a little different in this program. Uh, we have a number of clips that we want to play um, Mark Jordan, uh, again, was on with us last week, and we were talking about this. And he had a number of stories of, from his own experience that relate to this matter of reading the Bible and uh, uh, the effect it can have on people's lives. And so we're going to be playing a number of those clips and then uh, talking about them for the rest of the program. But right now what we're going to do is we're going to bring on Brother Mike Samulek from Cleveland, Ohio, and... Uh, we're going to do that now, and then after that, we'll go to some of those clips. But first, we're going to introduce uh, Brother Mike. And Mike, are you there? Hello, Dave. Yes. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Good to hear the sound of your voice. Now, are you? Uh, uh, are you? You don't want to have your phone on speaker. I should have mentioned that. Uh, are you uh, talking into the into the microphone? So. Um, yes, I have a headset with a microphone. If that is this sound okay? Can you hear me good? It's it's okay. Maybe when we go to a clip, uh, you could switch to the directly into the phone. That might be good. 
Okay. Right. It sounds a little bit okay. a little bit fuzzy. It's it's okay for now though. But um, but Mike, welcome to the program. This is your first time on the program. And uh, yeah, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, glad it finally worked out. You have so many going on for the uh, listeners who don't know. Mike has five kids, and uh, he's serving there in Cleveland. Keeps him uh, pretty well occupied, I think. A number of other things going on. Mike, you're also uh, you also have a couple of children's books, right? So you can tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, mainly full time minister and educator. Uh, hold on, Mike. I just um, said, I think Siri just didn't get sure. something. Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can you go ahead and uh, uh, start again with the books? <clears throat> uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm an educator by trade. I have my master's in reading curriculum instruction, uh, undergrad in elementary education. So I do a lot of um, children's picture books with that educational base as well. You can find those on Amazon or my website, michaelsamulak.com. But yeah, between that and the serving and the, the five kids, yeah, it's a yeah. Pretty, full, pretty full schedule for me usually. Yeah, we've tried, we've tried to get you on a few times. It just this is the first time it actually worked out, but I'm glad it finally did. So praise the Lord. So, did, so I, um, of course, you were listening to the first uh, the introduction there. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that or in general about this, the importance of, of coming to the Word. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of good things. I heard the last program as well with Mark. <clears throat> um, I would say definitely uh, my experience uh, serving the Lord, um, you know, the Word of God is invaluable uh, to have in our lives, uh, especially if you can every day. You know, the um, the things you touched on in terms of the life in the Word, uh, being sanctified in the Word, you know, a lot of people ask me, over the years, how can I know Jesus Christ? And usually my default answer is you have to know the Bible. Um, mm. It's it's really, it's that simple. Well, Christian he's he's the living really, word, of course, and the Bible's correct. the written word. These two go together so much, really so. Yeah, yeah you, you can't get away from it. You yeah. know, you know, you have two, two main aspects. One is your, you know, knowing the Spirit in your spirit, um, but also, in terms of objective and practically speaking, knowing the Bible, to know the Bible is to know the Lord. Mm. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I have been just walking or in prayer or in fellowship, and the Lord just brings Scripture to my heart, to my mind, um, you know, as an instant speaking, um, that that um, logos, you know, mm. uh, which the word is known by, turns into rhema, which is that instant speaking. And you know, I think if you don't have the solid word, Bible, scripture in you, then you know it's not it's it's um, challenging for the Lord to bring you that speaking. Not impossible, obviously. He right. speaks through many things, um, environment, you know, others even. But um, if you remember. Um, it, well, the Lord, first, when the Lord first resurrected, He uh, appeared to those two disciples uh, in Luke 24, and it says that He opened, you know, the Scriptures and revealed Himself to them through all of those things. So, mm. you know, the prophets, you know, we think of usually um, you know, those Scriptures as being the ones that depict the Lord and, and what would happen to the Lord, and that's true, but... You know, that verse in particular says all, all of the Old Testament, um, through everything he opened up and showed how it pointed to him, you know, whether it's a typology or direct prophecy, you know, you can really, um, you know, find 
find and know the Lord in the Scripture. I mean, that's Luke 24. I'm just looking at those verses. But Luke 24, verses 25 and 26, he said to them, O foolish and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then verse 27, beginning from Moses and from all the prophets, he explained to them clearly in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Boy, I wish I would have loved to have heard that myself, but uh, anyway. But today yeah. we have the written yeah. word. Praise the Lord, we have the Old and New Testament. So we're actually, in a very real sense, we're even we more blessed more. than that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord for that. That verse, in, I love that verse. Yeah. It just has that, that all, you know. It's yes. not just the prophecies, which we yes. think of generally, but, you know, everything we can see the Lord in uh, or, or pointing to the Lord. And um, that's a great <clears> verse <throat> to, to, to emphasize that. And now, then, you know, second. Oh, oh sorry, Mike. Just I was going to mention what uh, when you were talking. I, I was just touched in terms of allowing, giving the Lord chances to speak to us. Uh, I, it's a very good practice to have some verses on your walls, uh, or to write out verses on on script on cards, and you can memorize those. Uh, a lot of times, the Lord speaks to me through those verses. That's and just around the house, that's a very healthy practice. But but sorry, go ahead. So, no, I, I if you want to talk about um, little practices. Uh, I, and you, you know, when you told me we were coming on, I actually thought of a few like, uh, kind of like simple methods or techniques sure. yeah. to kind kind of help with that. Um, you know, but from you know, I, I I think sometimes we're especially parents who are raising children. You know, we're not sure how to help our children mm-hmm. into the Bible mm-hmm. um, because it can be daunting. It can be it can be for an adult. Um, you know, so so voluminous. You, you don't know where to begin. Um, and so, but, but Timothy was, you know, Paul told Timothy in second Timothy, uh, three fifteen that, you know, you've known the scriptures from a babe. You know? mm. So this is definitely a healthy practice for us to bring our children into. Um, and I would say it has to be in measure and it has to be age appropriate. Um, but you know, that's definitely, uh, highly recommended. Um, and, uh, we know even, um, our young, our, our young children may not know the Lord, may not be Christians yet, but to still bring them the healthy things. Um, I agree totally with that verse you, you brought up in John 17, sanctifying them in the yeah. truth. I can, you know, that's outward as well as inward. So just, just to have that, that time, just reading the Bible with your children, how precious is Absolutely. that? I mean, one, and I, I think a lot of parents would testify and, and, we know from our own experience, if something like that in a healthy way gets into you as a young child, it stays there. It really stays there. And so... Uh, Absolutely. Well, they, especially when they're young, they may need help yes. with that. So yes, that's right. Yeah. To, read with, to read with them is crucial. Yes. Um, you know, you, you can't expect when they're really young. I mean, we do that with school, don't we? I, I read with my, my younger children still every day because of just that need in terms of where they are, humanly speaking. So the Bible is not different, but, you know, to, to read them the portions that are, like, intriguing or exciting, you know, related to Genesis, and, you know, they just love it. They love to hear all the stories about creation and, and Noah's Ark, and, you know, it's just um, just for them, like, another bedtime story in a certain way, but I know yeah. they are also being exposed to the Word and getting that into them. You know, I had a, Darby has a very sweet comment, John Nelson Darby, about this the story of Joseph. He said, mm-hmm. "To which children ever lend a ready ear?" So, oh, absolutely! It's such a good children's story. Just to read that whole story yeah. about Joseph, it's a very good way to introduce yeah. children to the Bible. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes we're too spiritual with it also. I'll, I'll say this before we move to the next section. You know, Moody had a, um, a, he had a pony and candy, and you know, <laughs> he would find the little orphans and, you know, tell them, hey, you want to come to the meeting? You want to read the Bible? I'll give you some candy. I'll give you, you know, a pony ride. <laughs> and I remember my parents paying me. Literally paying. Mm. I think that's how I read the Bible through the first time. Really? My dad gave me a penny or two for every page that I read. And, you know, that was, that was, that was, goodness, that was, Mike, that, that's, that's going to add up to a little bit of coin. Uh. <laughs> it did. It did. And it, I realized, I realized it was going to add up. And, you know, as a 10 year old entrepreneur, I was yeah. like, hey, I could do this. But, you know, I got the word. I got yeah, really so. the Bible. Yeah, and I, yeah, of course, so. you know, you don't want to keep that up, but you, but it's in yeah, terms of starting. Sure. Yeah, it's a very, well, yeah. in the, I should, uh, yeah, you you come from a very dear family. You're both your parents, John and, and Betty, and uh, we really appreciate them. And uh, and of course, they had three sons, and you guys are all following the Lord now. So praise the Lord. So as a, just as a yeah. testimony, yeah, they. You know, they, they cared about the fact that their children were in the Word. And that's one of the first things, mm-hmm. you know. You, you have to really yeah. care about that. And it has to make a difference yeah. to you as a parent. And then that's going to have a huge impact itself on, you, on your children, of course. And then you'll have this, these kind of creative, creative practices, right, to, to get your kids in the Word. Uh, I, I always remember one of my sisters just reading the Bible to her little boy. It's really precious. And, uh, yeah. 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 I, I wanted to mention, too, before I forget, uh, sure. my, another thing one of my sisters said, was, uh, which I thought was a very good idea. If you're not familiar with the Bible, and even if you're an adult, it's not a bad practice. Get a good children's Bible or maybe a Bible storybook. That could be, and, and you just want to have a general introduction to the Bible. That can be a good way to start, to get a very... Uh, uh, general uh, overview of what uh, the stories and uh, the content of the Bible really is. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I was going to mention that as one of my um, points related to getting into the Word, because today they have the Lego Bible, they have the pictorial Bible, mm. they have you know so many translations that are meant yeah. for like you know people who are even like very. Um, um, not 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 so educated or or common language, you know, yeah. to translate it in a way that's very 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 easy to understand to get into. I wouldn't recommend those for study, right. but like you said, in terms of an intro, um, yeah, very good. Um, yeah. One more last point related sure. to that is, um, you know, we ourselves are their first patterns. Um, so when they see us as people of the word, it's so important. Like any, yeah, like anything else. Um, they take that as a pattern. So I remember my mom and my grandma, you know, they, they made it a, a, a healthy habit to read the word open before us, uh, whether they were getting ready for work or at the evening before bed. So mm. I saw that. I saw, I saw wow. that pattern in my home. Um, and sometimes we do, you know, we do need that personal private time as a, you know, in a prayer closet or something, but when your children see you reading the scripture or you have the audio books or tapes in your car, um, that, that is something that they hear you speak, but also see you do. And it makes, it makes a huge impact on them. Yeah. It's really so much. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, one thing I did over COVID, I just sent you the link while you were talking. I thought of it. I actually put the Bible on the YouTube channel 
so 40 sessions you could listen to the the whole new testament mm. and um so that's that's another thing that my parents taught me with you know making it fun in a certain way like hey you know let's be challenged you know let's read um all the whole new testament this year or you know let's read the whole bible this year or let's this summer you know let's um let's try to figure out you know this or that and you know so helping them i think you mentioned you know that kind of tool last time also um with challenges uh like read matthew 10 times you know just Hmm. just little things that to make it different uh especially again in the beginning when they don't, they haven't quite fostered that taste for the word. You know, you're helping them to at least grow that taste or be exposed to it. Yeah, that's great. No, very, very, very good. good. Yeah. Now, how how can uh, the listeners find that uh, your reading of the? Well, we'll link to that. I should say these websites in the in the notes for the podcast. But if the read, listeners now want to go out and find that, where would they find that reading? Uh, just I think the easiest is to go to YouTube and just search up Bible Reading Challenge. The New Testament in 40 days, and uh, the, that, that, like that. Challenge, that should pop up. Yeah. Okay, well, well, like I said, we'll link to that in, in the notes for the podcast. So that's great, Mike. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that you did that. And I, and I know uh, you know, also your, your grandma, I should also mention, and I know I've, one of your, I've, I've heard Ben talk about that, uh, what an influence she had on you guys. So that's a really yeah. so, it's a real blessing. It, of course, it reminds me of exactly what Paul said to Timothy, right? Your, your faith dwelt first in mm-hmm. your grandmother Lois, I think it was, and your mother Eunice, right? So, yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah, praise the Lord. And you can see what an impact that kind of living had had on you guys. So praise the Lord for that. Yeah. So, okay, so yeah. let's let's go to these clips now from Mark. These are from Mark Jordan, Indiana. I think they're very interesting uh, little stories about some experiences he, he's had with reading the Bible. So we're going to go to those now, and then we'll... Well, they're just very brief. They're only about a couple minutes or maybe three minutes long at the most, and then we'll come back and just have some fellowship about those. Uh, the first one we're going to start with is a story about uh, Bible camp. So we'll be uh, listening to that for a couple minutes here. When I was a teenager, I went to a church camp for the first time as a teen. It was the same camp I'd gone to as a kid. It was a camp my uncle, Charles, and my grandpa had actually started on Long Lake in Michigan. My grandmother named it Sela, so it was Camp Sela. And my cousin, the son of my Uncle Charles, David, he was there too. And that week they put us teenage boys, ages maybe 14 to 16, for uh, in a classroom setting, meeting, sitting in a bunk room. And the assistant pastor of my uncle's church, Reverend Paul Pacal, led us boys in a unit on learning to read the Bible every day. That was his goal, that was his burden, and that was the week's teaching. And at the end of the week, on Friday, he asked us all to bow our heads, and he asked this question, how many of you would honestly commit to reading the Bible every day for the next year? He said, don't answer, don't say yes if you don't mean it. He said, now raise your hand if you're willing to make that commitment to God. And then he began to count as the hands went up, one, two, three. I didn't raise my hand. And the reason I didn't raise my hand is I knew I couldn't keep that commitment. Reverend Pacal continued to count, 12, 13. Okay, good. All but one. So there must have been 14 in the group, and I was number 14, the one who didn't raise his hand. So as soon as we got out of that room, I grabbed my cousin David and said, David, you liar. You know you aren't going to read your Bible every day for a year. 
And he said, oh, I had to raise my hand. If I hadn't, he would have told my dad. I just had to laugh when I hear that. That's like an example. How not to encourage people to read the Bible, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Now, yeah, but, you know, I've, I've experienced over the 20 years of my serving youth um, in the church. We, and uh, to, well, So well, listeners know you've been very active, like especially with junior hires, I think it is, right? Yeah, a big part of my ministry uh, has been uh, junior high, high school and college. Because you, um, you go so, to camps in the summer, right, every year just yeah. about? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, a Great. lot of my summer is filled up with organizing and, and participating in okay. youth camps. Um, so there's a lot of my experience. And I would say well-intentioned parents and serving ones um, do these kind of things. And, and, and you know, love covers a lot of, of any kind of misstep. So don't, don't be afraid also, you know, to challenge and to put forth things. But, you know, it is it's the, what they're going for there more i would say is the habit of coming into the word more more than anything else you know and you've you've encouraged uh, the last couple uh, times here trying to read through the bible in a year and I, and i think you also balanced yourself to say you know as much as that challenge is good the bigger thing you're going for is to just be in the word every day you know having that become your habit and then looking for that eventually as your as a goal that you come to right and i would say when especially when you're young and you're not a, not even maybe a christian yet um that is that is what we're going for more than anything else yeah. um, is that habit is that habit you know just becoming a person in the word who's coming yeah. to the word every day yeah yeah so, so <clears throat> that that um group leader there i think he would he would do well if he arrange the boys as, as pairs, or he himself would call them to read them or talk to the parents about following up on that, you know, giving them a little chart to help them track their progress, you know, um, or, or again, even try to say like, you know, let's, let's just begin where you are. You know, if it's every day and you miss two days, that's okay. You just pick it up again, you know, and I can't tell you how many times that the, uh, the young people I've been serving with, you know, they get frustrated and then they lose their place. And, you know, they've read Matthew 10 times, but that, then every time they kind of misstep and they go back and start over, you know, I'm like, don't start over. Just you know, yeah. put a sticky note where you, where you left off and right. keep going. Even it's, you know, yeah. a week, a week goes by. That's okay. You know, just, just pick it up wherever you left off. You'll get through it eventually. Yeah. Eventually you get to the destination. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's uh uh, you know, people sometimes, we, we come to difficult parts in the Bible. And what I tell people sometimes, if you're just starting out, it, it most, you, you just skim through the through those parts. You know, maybe Leviticus is so hard for so many people until you really understand what it's talking about. So uh, don't feel you have to, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to read every word, you know, because a lot of times what happens is you just stop reading the Bible. So it's, it's better in that case, just skim over it very quickly. And, and go on to mm-hmm. until you get to a part that's more readable, and then uh, then you can uh, uh, you know when you and later on you'll have a better grasp of what it's talking about. It'll be easier to get through. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would even encourage people to start with a you know small. So go to the New Testament. Right. Pick one of the you know, one chapter or three chapter books and, and just sit down and read it in one sitting and boom, there you go. You read a whole book of the New that's, Testament. That's very good, yeah. So that would be like 
maybe first and second Thessalonians, uh, first and second Peter could be very good for that, right? Uh, Philemon, Jude, you know, yeah, yeah, just just do that and yeah. just kind of build even like a little bit more of a, you know, um, stamina in terms of yeah. how long you can sit and read for. That's very good. Very good. Um, okay, so we were talking about having an influence, uh, just uh, how parents can have an influence on people. In this next clip, Mark talks about, it's not how, how in kind of a general way, he and his parents had an influence on this uh uh, someone they met. So I thought that'll be the next uh, the next clip that we play here. All right. When I was a high school senior, my parents moved in the middle of my senior year. And I ended up living with an older couple in their 70s in our small, small town in southern Michigan. This man was a successful man. For that town in particular, he was the town, he, he owned and ran the grocery store. He had a farm. And he was a real dear, simple man. His, he didn't go to church. His wife did. She was a devout Seventh-day Adventist, but he wasn't. So he spent his years working and uh, being the best person he could be. So when I came to live with him, he, I was, my dad was the pastor at the other church in town, not the Adventist church. And he decided, I think, just because I seen, he seemed to like me, he'd started to go to church. Now, again, my dad had moved on. He'd moved to Pennsylvania, and that wasn't his church anymore. But a relationship developed between that couple and my parents, and they hosted, the couple hosted my graduation party that year, and my parents came out and they met, and my parents actually got them to go on a trip to the Holy Land, something that this woman, the mother, or the wife of this man I'm talking about, she said she'd never do, even though she wanted to, because she was afraid to fly. But somehow they developed a relationship with my parents, and they convinced her, you'll be okay, God will take care of you. And she went, and she talked about it the rest of her life. So I left, went to college, and I stayed in contact with this couple because they'd been so dear to me over that last half of my senior year. And when I got married, I introduced my wife to them. And we went up to Michigan for a special visit, and we stayed in contact and one of the times I went to visit him, he looked me in the eye and he said, I read through the Bible this year. And I said, really? And he wasn't a reader, but he'd done it. And he said, do you know what's in there? And he had a look of shock and horror on his face. And I said, yeah. And he said, it's unbelievable. And, of course, he was talking about the war, the blood, the sexual problems that in the Old Testament in particular. Those stories, they shocked him. And uh, so it, if he read it, and his takeaway from it was, the Bible is not a, as a religious a book as I thought. And to me, that was a tremendous insight. And... Uh, he went to the grave saying, he can say when he meets the Lord, I read your book, The End. I really like that story. And, you know, again, just talking about how uh, we can influence people just by our example, by our living. It's going to encourage people just to be in the word. Uh, and he had no thought. He didn't even, he had no uh uh, message to this this uh, gentleman that he met. You need to read the Bible, and and yet by 
the influence, his influence and the influence of his family, it seems like he really helped him to, to have a feeling, I need to open the Bible. I, re- I really appreciate that story. Yeah, I would add that um, it, it seemed like um, the, the testimony um, that Mark had on them, even as a young man, influenced that, right? So again, right. to underscore something I mentioned earlier, you know, we don't realize the impact we have, our own habit, our own, what people see, um, how that has. And, and, you know, more than likely, it was it was also what was coming out of Mark as a young Christian. You know, the Lord said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you're filled with the Word, you know what you're going to be speaking is the Word. Um that's and right. not some other things. You you know, you really can kind of tell where a person's heart and mind is right away based on what's coming out of their mouth, mm. what they're saying is important to them, what is their speech seasoned with. Um, so I, I can believe that influenced this, uh, this farmer probably, um, you know, I can't say directly because I don't know the situation, but just from my experience, it, I would say that was a big part of what was going on there. And so then he didn't have to tell him, you know, he didn't have to say, hey, you should read the Bible. That just helped to inspire him to do that. That's a real example of being the salt and the light, really. I mean, that's, you know, just by by who we are, we have that, you know, salt preserves the meat when it's corrupting. And that's, the Lord tells us we should be the salt of the earth. And that's, we should have that preserving effect to kind of stem the corruption that's in the world today. And the light, of course, shines in the dark place. And if if we're we are those people who are in the word, that's when we'll have that kind of salting and enlightening effect, even on those who aren't believers around. And that's you know the reason why the the world is going downhill so much is uh, because the believers are losing. We're losing our salt, and we're losing you know that enlightening effect because we're not in the word like we should be. So yeah, you're right. I mean, they're going to see. They know the kind of you know. I've just recently I was looking at that a quote from Hudson Taylor I really liked. He was a 19th century missionary to China. He said, uh, the reason why we have so many, uh, we don't uh, see so many people getting saved is is that we're only half saved ourselves. <laughs> so, yeah. very, very convicting Amen. word, yeah, very convicting word. So, yeah. The, well, you are what you eat, right? Yeah. I think you are what you eat. That, that really is true so. humanly and that is true, that is true spiritually. We're yeah. vessels meant to be filled, and if you fill yourself with the things of the world or other, you know, even nasty things, that's what's going to eventually be your composition. Yeah, really so. You want the word, you want to be sanctified in the truth, you have to put Amen. the truth into you. Amen. You know, in the, in the, at the end of that, the, the last clip, Mark uh, brought out how this uh, this man reacted to what was in the Bible. He said, wow, he couldn't believe some of the things that were in there. And I think for uh, some people, that is an offense. They're, they're, they, want, they think the Bible's a religious book about how everybody's so holy and good. And what you find out is instead it's a very, very human book. And so in this next clip, uh, he uh, touches on this. And so uh, we'll just go to that clip and then talk about that after, after the clip. Sounds good. One day I was having lunch with fellow school teachers, and I had just finished the night before reading the book of Judges. And the details of the grisly and dark ending of this biblical story were fresh in my mind. So I told my fellow teachers some of what I had just read, which involved a concubine being raped all night, dying as she reached across the threshold of a door, her owner cutting her up into 12 pieces, sending a piece to each tribe, demanding justice 
it, and it get, even gets worse if possible from there. So I tell this story, and I had a rapt audience. They were very interested. The next day, one of the teachers came to me and said, last night I read the entire book of Judges, and I cannot believe that that's in the Bible. I'm telling this to you now because this is the same kind of message that a man named Victor Mangalwadi got as an Indian when he was considering whether to be a Christian or to stay in the Eastern religions growing up. He was reading the Bible and he got to these uh, dark stories and he started to realize, wait a minute, this is the Jewish history and it's full of this kind of stuff? And it actually caused them to believe because it wasn't just a hagiography, which is a beautiful portrait of someone from the past. It was honest. I think sometimes we want the Bible, to, we want to present the beautiful portion part, but the Bible doesn't hold back. It shows us the dark as well as the light. And in this case, it caused one teacher to read an entire book of the Bible in one evening. I, I, again, I really appreciate that story, and uh, uh, this, this, this I think is one reason why, well, so why some people attack the Bible because there's so much in there that is unholy in a sense, like these these stories from the Book of Judges. You're just not expecting it. You're, but people are looking for a religious book, and for sure, the Bible's not a religious book. So, uh, but that can be offensive to a lot of people. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, especially no, no, I was just gonna agree yeah especially if that's your concept coming to the bible you know whether it's um you know christian doctrine or you know just jesus you know you don't they most people just don't know what's in the bible you know but i think you know even like genesis is the story of creation and you know you're done after chapter two basically <laughs> of of those things um and it's you know the unfolding of the rest of god's people um in the in the subsequent chapters but it is history as well as poetry. You know, it's, you know, a good um, literature teacher will have portions of the Bible just because of it's how beautifully it's written um, in the original language. Good advice in, in Proverbs, prophecy, you know, songs, uh, as well as history of war, you know, and and like you just mentioned, these, these things. And it really, uh, Mark emphasized there, the light and the dark. Um, the Lord does not um, discriminate. And and I would say it's a, it really does show that how inspired that Word of God is um, to have both um, fairly um, represented and, and there in the, in the Word. Um, so it's not just like, oh, all the good things, you know, but you can kind of see how the Lord is even salvation is necessary to come to the man who needs him um so it's i think i think the whole the, taken as a whole it's uh it's wonderful it's it's yeah you just you sit back and just say no 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 man didn't write this book this 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 was god inspired yeah if, if man had written I think, and, and the point of that clip i think is that uh if at the end he talked about this brother who was in india and he realized 
if this was a human history, none of this stuff would be in there. You wouldn't. I mean, if if Israel is writing its own history, the Book of Judges is not going to make it. <laughs> there's there's so much in there that's so much evil, especially the end of the Book of Judges. It's so dark. But it's not. This is. It's again. It's the Bible is not a religious book. It's dealing with human beings as they really are, and how. And it shows how this holy God is working to bring these kinds of people to salvation. So we we shouldn't have the concept when we come to the Bible that it's a religious book. And to a lot of people, that's offensive. And Tom Paine in his uh, <clears throat> has one of the you know uh, classic attacks on the Bible. And in that, he talks about what an unholy book it is. Well, he's right about that. But that doesn't mean it's not something that was uh, authored by the Holy Spirit. It's simply an accurate record of how God deals uh, with fallen and sinful people to bring them to salvation. So, But that's offensive to the religious mind, even, frankly, to the atheistic religious mind. So and I, I need yeah, to be well, prepared for that. Says it's profitable for teaching and correction. You know, I think, mm. I think right. many many times you, you get that from looking at what not to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so I think that's, yeah, get, it's not the way I would do it, but that's often how I, I, the Lord reminds me his ways are above my ways. His thoughts are above my thoughts. And, yeah. you know, to see man at his best and his worst allows me more to appreciate, uh, the Lord and especially his savior and his salvation. Yeah. Really so Mike. Well, he's, yeah, he knows better than we do. That's for sure. How to. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Bring us in. And and the result, a lot of times, is, is these people who who were such fallen sinners. Like you look at the case of Jacob, as a, you mm-hmm. know, a, and how he goes through all these dealings. But at the end, he's just a, he's such a blessing to all those around him. He just and his character is so transformed. And that's that's the kind of work the Lord wants to do in our lives. So, but he has to work with what he's got, and that's that's us. So it's, it can be messy along the way. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> Amen. Okay, let's let's well, go to. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I was going to say it, let, it lets you really see yourself in those people, right? Whether they're the church history fathers or the disciples, because you say, "Hey, that's me." You know, Jacob messing up. I mess up. Peter, you know, in the four gospels. Yeah. Right. I, I mess up. You know. So, yeah, I think that again, yeah, is is allows you to see yourself and then come to repentance and, and lean and know the Lord more and more. Abraham's yeah. another one, you know, and, and you see how several failures. He's the father of faith. And But if, when you see this in the Bible, it makes faith accessible to us. You know, mm-hmm. when you see Peter and Paul, these marble statues, you know, and uh, these mm-hmm. holy men of God, you know, that's, it's, it's like, almost like it's, it's, it's meant to say you couldn't possibly be like these people, you know, because they're, they're right. just beyond human, you know, in their, it's like they never messed up or anything. And, uh, no, mm-hmm. the Bible's showing us these people are, are so human. And, uh, and that means we also can take that same way of salvation. That's what the Lord really wants. And so that's why these pictures sometimes are in the Bible. Let, let, let's uh, maybe try to get one more clip in here. Uh, and this also has a, to do with not being at all religious, but, uh, well, I'll just play the clip. Let's do it. My dear friend, Tom McNaughton, now deceased, once told me and our group, our church group, that he had found a way back in his earlier years as a young lawyer to commit himself to reading the Bible every day. What he would do is he got one of the free giveaway Gideon New Testaments, pocket size, that you could stick in a shirt pocket, And every day at lunch, he would read the first page. 
Why the first page? Because as soon as he finished reading it, he tore it out of the Bible. And he knew exactly where he'd finished. So he never had to have a bookmark and he never lost his place. And when Tom told us this story in our group, we all enjoyed it and found it interesting. But there was a visitor who found this to be outrageous. How dare you tear out a page of the Word of God? And so this person talked with Tom afterwards, and I believe it was helpful because he really helped show them the Word of God is more than just the page, the physical page of a Gideon pocket-sized New Testament. There are many ways for us to get into the Word, and Tom had found one that worked for him. So that, that's another story about not being religious. And, and uh, of course, you and I both know Tom now. He's he's with the Lord now, but uh, yeah. but he was not absolutely not a religious person, <laughs> Just, to put it mildly. And uh, and so that was a way that worked for him. But I but the, I think the point of that is we it's it's not the printed page that is sacred to us when we come to the Bible. It's the content. It's it's the, the words that we're reading that are really. Uh, what make the Bible holy. It's this intrinsic content. So we don't treat the Bible like a Muslim would treat the Quran, right? They would, uh, they, Muslims would never do that to the Quran because the, the holiness of the Quran to them is is on the printed page, at least in part. But we would say it's it's to us, it's what the Bible is conveying. It's this intrinsic holiness that we really appreciate in the Scripture. And so we don't want to come to the Bible in a religious way in this sense either. I mean, a, a very good habit for some people is to, to, to write in your Bible, mark it up, your Bible should be pretty. My mom, my mom always used to like to say that if your Bible's falling apart, it's a good sign your life probably isn't. <laughs> so, Amen. Yeah, really. So and so, so mark it up. Write in your Bible. You know, highlight it and and get used to uh, uh, really, in a sense, taking the Bible apart. And then again, it makes the Bible, I think, more accessible to you if you develop that practice. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the more you can um, kind of shake off that. Um, inaccessible kind of like holy too too much for me you know like uh, that's for the priest or that's for the pastor you know it, i think i think we're blessed so much in this country with how accessible the bible is now we, yes really it's so almost, it's gone the other way right so my advice is have multiple copies like that that you can tear out a page and put it in your lunch pail tape it to your cereal box you know um, put a put one in the car that you can read at a red light. Um, put it on your phone. You know, bookmark those like YouTube channels or audio audio podcasts. You know, put it on your playlist. Um, have it in your bathroom. You know, I'm sorry, like it's it's not a holier thing that it's not anywhere you are at any time. You know, you can just find it or find something and grab it and read a little bit, um, the more you have that accessible, the, you know, take away those yes. barriers, yes. The, the more the more you're going to find your ability to get into it and be in it, if you want to find that habit of every day. That's very very practical to have it, have it around your house. Again, I say it's so good to have some Bible verses up on the walls. Yeah, it's very, very practical. We we just have a, a, a about 45 seconds left or so, Mark. One, one thing I wanted to mention um, is we had a comment from uh, a listener, again, happens to be one of my sisters, but she, I mentioned about reading, uh, reading 
uh, a children's Bible. Uh, could be a good way to start getting familiar with the Bible. And the one she recommends, I don't know if you've heard of this, Mike, it's called The Bedtime Bible Storybook by Daniel Partner, I think it is. Putner, P-U-T-N-E-R, I think it is. So uh, I don't know, Mike, if you've heard of that one. But again, that's just a very good good way to, uh, yeah, Partner. Uh, that's right, Partner is the word, Daniel Partner, the Bible Bedtime Storybook. The Bedtime Bible Storybook, sorry, I want to make sure I get that right. That's again could be a very good way of starting to come to the Word and, and getting a general yeah. familiarity of what's in the Bible. And do you have any closing Absolutely. thought, Mike? Go, go ahead. Uh, no, I just you know I appreciate you having me on and the chance to talk about you know this is I I love the Bible I I just one of the first things the Lord really brought me to um, was the Word of God when I when He captured my heart for Him and. You know, it is my heart for all the young people I'm with to become people of the Word, and I hope that for and pray that for all your listeners as well. Thank you, Mike. Very, very good closing word. And I appreciate great to have you on. I hope we can have you on again before too long. So, thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you soon. All right, we'll talk to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Christian Faith Radio Hour. And Lord willing, we hope to be back with you again next week. been listening to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. You can visit us online at our website, thechristianfaith.org. And if you have comments or questions, send us an email at questions at thechristianfaith.org. And to listen to previous editions of this program, look for the Christian Faith Radio Hour podcast, which you can access via our website under the Media tab or directly on iTunes or Spotify.